Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the show that tells the stories of diverse leaders who found belonging in our industry. So you can too. I'm Nicole Kasperson. In today's episode, I salsa dance with the Vice President of Enterprise Development at Snappy Kraken, Diana Caprices. Snappy Kraken is the iconic marketing technology platform for the financial advice industry. If you haven't heard of it yet, be sure to check it out. The platform really helps bring a more human element to the financial services space, so having Diana on was a perfect fit. In this episode, we talk about Diana's upbringing as a first-generation immigrant and her experiences with her mom that really shaped her perspectives around female empowerment. We get philosophical a bit about the myths of the girl boss, how women leaders can really take steps to pay it forward, and why sales in fintech is the perfect place for more femme energy. We get into that and so much more. You are going to love Diana's energy. I can't wait for you to check out this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Humans of Fintech. I'm so excited to finally have you on the show. My audience may not know this, some of you do, but we have known each other for some time now. I first met you when I was producing Her Success Matters over at Investment News, and we've been Twitter friends, I guess, ever since. So yeah, it's, it's so awesome to have you on, on my show. Uh, uh, finally, it feels like a long time coming, so welcome. Thank you, Nicole, and really congrats to all your success. Since the last mm-hmm. time we got to work together and produce something, you've just exploded. And I feel like you're such an inspiration to a lot of other women in this industry because you knew you had the talent and you really took that risk of going out there on your own and making something happen. And literally within how many months has it been since you launched What the uh, FinTech? I guess it's now seven months. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. In seven months, like you've become a staple in the industry with your newsletter, your content. So thank you for that. You're an inspo. I am so excited to be here with you and just have this amazing chat. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That's definitely the nicest introduction (laughs) anyone has ever had on my, on my show. So thank you. Um, yes. Okay. Well, I, let's go ahead and start with your background It has a huge influence over your career, why you chose to be a part of fintech, of financial services, of the advice industry. You were raised by a single mother, an immigrant mother, and I know that has has ignited a huge passion in uh, kind of you wanting to ensure that women are always financially independent and empowered. So break that down for us a little bit and, and share what that experience was like for you. My story goes way back, right? Like I did come from a financially challenged, if you will, household. But I also came from a household where my mom, who was the head of our household, raised me to be resilient, right? Raised me to never stop, to always have that drive and that passion to move forward. And I learned a lot from that. I didn't learn a lot of the financial side from her because she just didn't have that literacy and many people do not more than we think. But I got the the work ethic, right? I got that immigrant mentality where it's like, hey, when you have yourself or others around you to provide for, you chase and you never stop chasing. And, you know, Nicole, like when I think about how that like mentality really 
just became more and more influence in my life today. I think about just some small examples that like in the past I would have just looked at as, oh yeah, that was part of my story. But now I'm like, oh wow, that's a huge part of my story. Right. For example, you know, my mom works multiple jobs at once, most of the time raising three girls on her own. And she would wake me up at 3am and we'd go throw newspapers and we needed to, right? Because that was, that was how we were going to get food on the table for the month ahead on top of other things she was working. Or she'd put me in a restaurant up front and center and say, go, go tell them, you know, that you need a discount or ask them what they'd be willing to do for us. So I just got thrown into a lot of these like situations that people might think, gosh, this poor child. But in all actuality, I'm like, thanks, mom. Because I'm resilient, nothing scares me. And when I show up in my career today and in fintech, like those characteristics, those traits that are just ingrained, so, so crucial. So I, I owe a lot of my upbringing to my mom. And we can talk about her this whole podcast, really, <laughs> because there's just so much to say about that lady. I you know, right? Dad, but oh, that's a I little bit of the background. It could just be a mom podcast. I talk about my mom on uh, a lot as yeah. well uh, because my mom is uh, an immigrant as well from the Philippines. And people, when they ask me like my first money memory, it's like, how could I not talk about my mom and her, you know, always being like safe, safe, safe or opening accounts for me early or always just kind of being on top of finances, sometimes into my adulthood more than I would like. But um, <laughs> <Right>. yeah, <laughs> such, such an influence. So I guess tell us like about how it was. So that that was obviously a major influence. Then how do you kind of, did you enter traditional finance first and then kind of find the fintech world? How did we kind of cross over into finance first or wherever you started? Yeah. So actually, I, I stumbled into fintech, I like to say, because <laughs> I didn't really know where or what industry I wanted to go into. I mean, I have my passions. You know, I, I love the world of holistic health, for example. I spent a lot of time in business school reading books on, you know, natural therapies or holistic healing techniques, but I wasn't sure. And so I graduated and I sold everything. And I was like, all right, I've got $5,000. I'm going to take this and I'm going to buy a ticket to Europe. Well, that was supposed to be a three-month trip. It ended up being a two-year stay. I lived in wow. Europe for two years. It, but during that time, I had to like teach English to make money under the table just to pay my rent and keep traveling. And I wasn't really like entering the workforce as a lot of my cohorts were at the time. So I at the time, started looking on freelancer websites. And I found Upwork, you're probably very familiar with it. And there was a job posting for someone to get on the phone and call financial advisors. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know anything about financial advisors. That was such a new term for me, even at that age, um, having gone through school and education, like it just wasn't a part of my upbringing. But I knew I could talk. I knew I was good at that. And so mom I, taught you that, remember? <laughs> mom taught me that one. So <laughs> I applied, I applied, I got the job. And for three years, I sold really a technology platform to advisors. But in the, in the grander scheme of that, it was, I got to connect advisors who were interested in succession planning with potential successors, mergers and acquisitions, recruiting, all that good stuff. So the only reason that I took that job was because I needed something to allow me to work remotely and on the go. So 
actually, I've been working remotely my entire fintech career. Like before the pandemic, before it was cool, I worked remotely. And people used to actually judge me about that. They'd say, God, what is it that you even do? Like, do you even have a real job? Um, But that was the reason I got into fintech because of that level of flexibility with being able to work remote for a fintech company. Yeah. Wow. It does lend itself to a lot of, I guess, discussion around that need for flexibility. And now we're kind of in a weird place where we're maybe not seeing that as much, at least obviously, like, I guess no surprise that traditional finance isn't being as flexible when it comes to the work environment and and fintech, uh, some fintech environments still are. Yeah. Um, But that that is something I think crucial. It's interesting to think about the I guess like a connection for you of like you had this mom that was so impactful to you. I love that after you graduated, it was like, I'm getting a ticket and going, you know, somewhere new, somewhere different and having, you know, more experiences. Like when you have, I think, a strong mom like that, that's like not so scary to like go off and and explore the world because she kind of mm-hmm. engraves that in you because she had to do it in her own way. Yeah, absolutely. And then you were like, well, I got to make my my dough. So I'm just going <laughs> to find a way to do it. And you weren't yep. scared. I mean, how do you think we can get I don't know. How do we get more like girls at that time in their life, that, which is so fragile I'm, to think like that? I think that's a hard one because I had that conviction a little bit in me. I just applied when I was kind of tired of where I was working at in my first job in, in Dallas. I was like, OK, like, love you, mom and dad, but I need to get out of here. And I just like <laughs> applied everywhere. I was applying for jobs I wasn't qualified for. I was just because I just was down to take a chance. But not everyone's like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you raise a really good point. Like a lot of younger generations that are coming out into the workforce, at least for me, I didn't even understand what my possibilities were. Like I didn't know that I could land a role in fintech completely remotely, right? So Mm -hmm. obviously times have changed a bit since I entered the workforce. We're a lot more remote than we ever were before. But I think this is where we as women in this industry, like we've got to show up and continue to voice the opportunities, voice the possibilities. You know, there's a lot of people in our industry that are connecting at the school level, going to colleges, going to universities, you know, sharing their story and their background and really inspiring people that there's so much more than just your in the box sort of corporate job path that you can take when you enter the workforce. And obviously, like tying that into passion, right? Like, what do you like? What are you good at? Just start there. I knew I was good at talking, right? And so I just started there. But I didn't know at that time, like, gosh, there was so much more on the other side of it. So it's all of our responsibility, Nicole, to to share what the, you know, different pathway looks like with people who are in positions that we were once in and when we were really blind to this all. I like to focus on thinking of what your maybe that one that thing you're really good at. I recently did a, a strengths assessment test like for a work retreat and it was really focused around how do I take my top five strengths that I learned about myself and focus really on enhancing those and not necessarily always thinking about like my bottom five weaknesses. It's really easy to be like, oh, well, 
you know, listening to this podcast, maybe someone's like, oh, well, Diana's a good talker and I'm not a good talker. So I don't know. But then maybe the, you know, the alternative mindset of that is, but what am I good at? What am I good at? And what can I apply that to? And it really doesn't matter. Like the industry, you know, you don't have to really know about financial services to work in financial services, like big no. pro tip. And you do same with fintech. Like you <laughs> Come in and learn. And if you have these certain quali- like qualities about you, then those can really, you know, shine through. And that's like exactly what what you did here. But it does take like a level of of confidence to get there, especially in what you do. Sales, right? Like the sales yeah. world. Uh-huh. Ooh, yeah. That, <laughs> about that because that's got to be there's got to be lots of things in that realm, especially when it comes to probably lack of diversity i imagine it's still largely male dominated yes it still is there's so much to say about this profession you're spot on it's very male dominated even today there are plenty of meetings that i will join or in environments that i am in where i am still the only female salesperson or stakeholder um happens often right Mm -hmm. and then going back to like what you're good at I don't want to come off as I'm stereotyping by any means. But what I can say confidently is that women in general, we have a natural ability to guide and coach and nurture relationships and people. And when you think about where that might lead well into in a career aspect, we usually, at least in the past, traditionally, we've thought about teaching, we've thought about nursing, right? Those are, those bode well with those qualities. Um, but what we're not usually thinking of is sales. Mm-hmm. And really everything that we're doing is selling, right? We're all selling something. We're selling our value. We're selling ourselves. So I've just, I've come to recognize over the years that it's not just me. Like it's not just me being a good talker. It's, it's me being a good nurturer. It's me being a good guide. It's me being just kind of inherently able to like look at someone's situation right? That motherly instinct Mm -hmm. and figure out, okay, what needs to be done here to help this person? A lot of women have that within. Some of us have activated it, some of us not, but there's a lot of work to do when it comes to getting more people into this profession. That's something that I am particularly passionate about because there's a lot to be said about the world of sales. Number one, we need to diversify it more, right? So there's opportunity there to get more people in, get more of that feminine energy into this profession, especially when it comes to technology. Technology sales are extremely complex. It is not a one and done service. It is not a product, right? It is, but it's not like a tangible product, right? It is a a huge undertaking for most firms to adopt technologies that then they roll out to their advisors or in my case, or just, you know, to their networks of people that they work with. So you have to have that level of detail, right? You have to be super organized. You have to follow up. You have to nurture. You have to guide. You have to do all these things that I just look at like my female friends, you know, and I'm like, man, we're all really good at this stuff. Like (laughs) we're, we're the change makers here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a big component to that, Nicole. And there's a lot of organizations out there that help women recognize this and activate this within some of them, just to name the National Association of Women Sales Professionals is one that I love. Girls Club is another one. Like there's so, this is something that's becoming more and more of a talked about like topic 
mm. why women thrive in sales, what we can do to further diversify the profession. And then in fintech specifically, right, we're kind of against two different like challenges. You've got sales in general is very male heavy. I want to say like 60% of sales leaders are still male. Mm -hmm. And then in fintech, you have already like, I think 7% of fintech founders are women today, Mm -hmm. such low representation. So there's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. I want to go back a little to, so there's this moment then that you must have had where, and where you must have felt like, okay, this is the place where I will find my sense of belonging, or you kind of felt like fintech is home. Where was that moment in between all of the things in between like, you know, mom, traveling, finding a job in sales, and then, you know, now you're in this place where you are, you know, ready to really pay it forward. But before the the kind of confident pay it forward came, you know, there must have been a little like, oh, am I in the right place? Am I an outsider? Or yeah. What was that moment? You know, when I um, think about like that turning point for me, I want so badly to say I had an amazing female sales leader that inspired me mm-hmm. and, and really like helped me find that sense of belonging. But that's just not the case. And there could be many reasons and angles to that. I won't go there. But the case was that I have had some incredible male allies around me in my fintech career to date that have looked at me and said, you have something inside of you that would make you really, really excellent in the world of sales. And I remember the first time hearing that from um, one of the, uh, the last fintech companies I had worked for. I was first working heavily on like the member engagement side, which is still very much, you know, sales related, but not quite the same. And that is very much in the nurturing side of the relationship. And then he told me that and I was like, gosh, like, I thought this just was kind of the boys club. Like, we're good over here because we know how to really like nurture and carry through and execute. They're really good here because they talk the big talk and they get the big deals in the door. And we're kind of like that support person. But when that comment was shared, like it just, it never left my head. Within a few months, I was fully like blown into their sales side of their organization. And then, you know, a few years later, I came across Staffy Kraken, the current uh, fintech marketing fintech company I'm with today. And even more so, like there is constant opportunity for me to sell, but not like in a salesy way. So to go further on that, getting on stage, getting on webinars, doing these podcasts, like this is where I really, really thrive. In fact, this is where you'll see a lot more of me in the industry moving forward. And all of this happened from these male allies. I mean, Robert Sophia, he's our CEO. He is like one of my biggest allies. He has handed me his opportunities. He has given me opportunities for me to pursue and help me really achieve or you know win those opportunities. He has like been there along the way to really help me just activate more and more of that salesperson. So it hasn't been a female salesperson who's inspired me. I've inspired by that just from other people in other industries I've followed, but it really has been male allies in fintech. Yeah, I mean, the you know business, I guess B2B journalism arena too, uh, sometimes there isn't 
I haven't really had a lot of female mentorship. It's interesting. My, my, my mentorship actually comes from like founders, like fintech founders in the space that maybe I, that were on my podcast that I grow close to, or, you know, folks that kind of um, are, are down to just help elevate me, but that's never happened to me really in a newsroom, even when someone was like assigned to be my, my mentor and, you know, yeah, he didn't really do that great, but anyway, so it just, it is wild. I think that there's something to the generation before us and this like boss lady, boss girl, girl boss mentality that I know right now our culture is very much trying to, I guess, understand or maybe even unravel a little bit because, yeah, I've struggled with that. I've had I've worked for a female CEO who very much has at, at, in some capacity made me feel very included and made me feel like I had all these opportunities. But, you know, when it came to things like paying me or whatever, those never really came to fruition. And, you know, sometimes it's those behind the scene things that prove, hey, like I'm uplifting you as someone, you know, and I've had far more mentorship from even, you know, my, my founder of, uh, of Workweek is a man. And I mean, and we also have a female co-founder, but anyways, so there, there is a lot of male allyship there. What do you think about like getting, I guess, more of this female mentorship in the sales space and the fintech, I guess, sales space arena? I don't know, how do we kind of help you know, you found your sense of belonging in the industry. Folks like Robert Sophia helped you do that. How do we, how do we get more more women to maybe feel like they too can pay it forward? Because there's enough room for all of us. I think that's the mentality is like, oh well, I'm the only woman, and we I hold that with pride, and I like I do not hold that with pride. I don't want to be a unicorn. I want to be a farm horse. I want there to be so many of me. I want there to be so many Diana Carices, you know, in some capacity. Because yep. well. You know, but- <laughs> You know what I mean? What's the piece of advice you're going to give to my listeners who, you know, feel like outsiders and how, and maybe how we can, you know, keep paying it forward as, as ladies in the space? Yeah. Honestly, if we want to see really like real change, we have to embody that change. We have to show up and that just starts with our inner circle, right? We often think, oh man, if we're not out there, you know, hosting, uh, networking events or, you know, like building these incredible content libraries to empower women. We're not really doing what we say that we want to do or what the, you know, we're not really impacting the change that we want to see, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Change happens immediately around us. And then there's sort of a ripple effect, mm. right? So for example, the way that I really do this in my own day to day in this industry is I show up for the people on my team, right? And that's not just women, that's men too, but focusing on the women piece, you know, I not, and I'm not just there for them as a leader at Snappy Kraken. I am there for them as a mentor, as a guide to their entire career. And that sounds for a lot of managers, like no way I'd ever take that on. But when you think about what women have been through and just the underrepresentation. This is a, a pretty essential component to the way we should be leading, even in our own organizations. So it's not just, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do all these amazing things and create all these workflows and processes and, and really crush it in the world of sales. It's also, all right, let's sit down. When are you going to ask me for a raise? Right? It's been some time. How are you going to do it? Let me actually help you do that. 
And then we're going to really work together to make sure we get you to that, you know, next financial level. So it's just, it's so much greater than, you know, just again, leading within your organization, specific to your organization. It's helping them through their entire just path and experience and career in fintech. And I think if we all do that, Nicole, like if we all focus just on what's immediately around us and, you know, really not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, I think we can all start to impact change and that will compound over time. I agree with you. And you're, you are pulling some of the playbook of Gloria Steinem. You know, that's, whether you, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you you are, because (laughs) that's exactly what she'll say. And I, I had the pleasure of seeing her in person talk uh in april it was like the best birthday present ever i gave myself um anyways and so she and she even you know 88 years old she's still so positive she's still so even despite everything that's going on in the world and but she talks about how you know you have to think of kind of like change starts at the roots and like a tree right and and grows and if you aren't you know kind of nurturing the immediate roots around you then how are you going to kind of really have like the tree that that flourishes and thrives and grows and and is the change that that we want to see so you know and people often ask me like how I do all the things I do and it is because I have a like a very well curated team around me that is helping me be the best version of myself you know I have I work with people that don't just ask me like, oh, how am I doing in work? They ask me like, am I eating okay? Like, how is yeah. how are things personally? How was my, how was that tough weekend you just had? Or, you know, how's yeah. excited for your next vacation? And so there is like this uh, like immediate kind of network that you can have that can help you thrive. I think we think too much about like being an individual, thriving like an individual. And that can be where, that circling back to the girl boss mentality, right? That's because women have worked in these silos and been the only ones in the room. They then think, okay, well, I've got to be my own hero and I just got to focus on me. But in reality, if you have like the right people around you, then that team can just keep growing and growing and you can keep making this like amazing community. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to do and what like you're doing yes. and what we're doing yes. here. And so- but that can also still be be hard. But hopefully we can kind of see more. Do so you feel like you're seeing, you know, a little bit of a change? I'm sure like in your seat now and, you know, years later and, and kind of in your in your growth and development. Are you feeling like the the next generation is getting a little bit more, you know, interested in these different kind of roles? I do. I do. And here's what I've observed. So for a long time, when it came to your career, in women working with women, like you just said, very much in silos, I think people felt like there was a race to the top and only one person could get there. And, you know, I'm guilty of having these feelings back in the day. Like that used to be my mindset is like, oh no, if she gets it, then I won't. But I think we're evolving as humanity, right? Like we all evolve together. Collectively, our consciousness evolves together. And I think we're evolving to with the boom of like all these social platforms, there can be so many amazing women talking about the same thing and all of them can make it, right? All of them can rise to the top. Like we all have something special about ourselves that as long as we recognize it and leverage it, we're gonna go somewhere. 
We all have our own pathway. It's not just one person at the top and whoever gets it first is whoever gets it. And so I think we're shifting in that. And like you look at TikTok and you look at all these platforms and the birth of all these influencers and like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, that was not the case, right? And so now we're seeing, well, this person's really talented and they have a story or this person's really talented and they have a story and they can tell them at the same time and they can rise at the same time. And it's not, it's not just a one, you know, one size fits all or a one and done we can all be our best selves. And I think that's step one is recognizing that. And more and more people are starting to recognize that. There's still plenty of outdated corporate culture structure. I mean, I've got friends in the industry who have literally told me just months ago that one of their female leaders got upset that they went around them to share a really cool idea that would positively influence the entire company. Mm. And, and that's just that kind of outdated thinking that I, yeah. I try to stay very far away from it. Yeah. Um, but I think we can work together to really like just recognize everyone has a place, everyone has a voice, everyone has a talent, and everyone can reach their goals and, and then some and, and shoot for the stars, really. What you're kind of getting at is well, yeah, as humans, we are community driven creatures. In like so when you when you start to silo us, then of course we're gonna you know maybe you lose touch with some of that nurturing side, right? That we actually have inherently that makes us such great salespeople, that make us great content creators, that make us great you know whatever industry that that we're in, that make us great workers in in general. So yeah, when you start to kind of silo us into these like girl boss. Uh, labels and that oh there's only room for one then of course we're gonna start to like lose that sense of yeah exactly there's like exactly that's like the best way to say it there's like this weird clawing mentality and instead of it being like oh but if we were to do it together then we all get to rise up so I I do think that the next generation is being better about that I I know some Gen Zers they're awesome Yep. I I act like I only know some of them or a few of them, but like, I, I feel like I know Gen Z culture and, um, and uh, uh, yeah, they're just like so much cooler than I ever was at like 20, <laughs> right. 20 21, 22. And um, anyway, so I do think that they're going to be a massive, massive help in, in that change. Hopefully we just keep, keep seeing that rise. So I know we've talked a lot about change. We've talked a lot about how to embody it. So formally, I will ask you, if we need to be the change that we want to see, what change do you want to see in fintech and how will you embody it? I want to see more underrepresented groups of people. So women, people of color, other descents. I want to see their voices and their stories told more. I personally embody that because... Yes, I am a first-gen Latina in this industry. Most people that meet me in person initially completely underestimate who I am because I'm also very tiny. I'm under. I'm in the under five-foot club. Um, <laughs> but I embody change because I'm putting myself out there, right? I'm going on stages. I'm yeah. going into rooms where I'm the only girl, and I'm showing up on behalf of all of us. I want to be able to see more and more people achieve that, right? And I think that starts with the confidence factor, right? Not a lot of us have that confidence factor because we've been shunned or, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been put on lower level rankings most of our lives or we haven't been the front and center 
space of the world that we interact with. And so there's a lot of things that I could dive into, like how, how can I really help them do that? Some things in the works that aren't really formal yet, but um, I don't know if you're totally familiar with the ladies at choir. They mm-hmm. are fantastic, Sonia and Liv. And I got to meet them in person uh, a month or so ago at our Jolt conference. And I was just like, hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing because it's really amazing. And this is what the industry needs. And so we've got some stuff in the works, more to come on that. But you'll definitely start to see me show up and embodying change in that way. Just igniting that confidence, getting more underrepresented groups on stage, whether it's virtually or in person. That's truly a big part of the change I'd like to see. I, I think we've heard from a lot of the same people over the years. And that's fair. They've built reputations for themselves. Mm -hmm. They are intelligent. They've had big accomplishments and accolades. But that doesn't mean that they're the only people we need to continue hearing from, right? This next gen that you're talking about, like even that, like they've got so many cool insights that I don't even have. And so Mm -hmm. we should be telling more of their stories and getting more of them to show up. This is also part of why, Nicole, I love this podcast. And I'm going to give you another plug on your podcast. (laughs) Because you're giving uh, these people the voice. You're giving them the platform. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I want to continue to see and work towards. Oh, well, thank you. And I fully promise to to keep it up and to keep going. Yes. And I mean, for me, it's fun. For me, it's, um, you know, I... When I'm, I had this, uh, I was at a fintech conference and this guy came up to me and he was like, I've seen your stuff. I've, I recognize your face. So I just want to say hi. And I was like, oh my God, hi. He was like, tell me like about this because I don't fully understand it. And I was like, okay. And I tell him about it. And, you know, he's white male. And, and he was like, oh, well, I guess he was like, I guess you don't really like care to have me a part of this. And I was like, whoa, 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 relax. Just because I was like, sir, just because my newsletter logo is pink and just because I have a feminine energy that I identify with doesn't mean that I don't want you a part of like, it doesn't mean I don't want you there. I want you there. I want you to come to FinTech is Femme in my conferences. I want you to sit in the front row and and read my newsletter and uh, listen to the podcast because it takes all of the voices, right? The ones with all of the accolades, the ones with all of the reputation and the new ones that are up and coming. And we have to have a place for all of them. And that is what makes me proud of of this show and the content is that I'm really trying to hit on, on both and give everyone that I think really deserves it a, a platform to really speak their minds and it not just be about the company and it not just be about what's on your product roadmap, but it be about... Mm-hmm who you are as a person, because I do fundamentally believe that that is what's going to catapult that next wave of change, the, the, what we want to see, right. The, because otherwise if we just have a, a bunch of people that are always thinking and saying and doing the same thing, then we're never going to see anything different. And that's like, right. That's boring. I mean, that's why people that travel. Is. Like you travel to go see different things, right. You went to Europe and bought a ticket and stayed there for two, yep. like for multiple years to, to have something different and new. And so that's all we're trying to do here. And so, and men, and I, and I got plenty of men along for the journey. So just like in the same way that you brought this like, this like femme energy to sales, like you don't, 
it, it's just bringing this different kind of almost like identity, like something that if you like man, woman, non-binary, whoever you are, whatever, however you identify a femme makes you, if feminine energy makes you feel included, then great. Then I like, then my content is definitely for you. Exactly. You, you, you should be proud, Nicole. And I love the pink. Please don't get rid of it. <laughs> it, Thank you. It, 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 it carries an energy in and of itself. And you're right. Like if we never show the other side and people always see the same thing, how can we really create change? So keep doing it. I am inspired by you. And yeah, like just keep preaching the good word. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So who else? Who is one person in FinTech though that we should follow? We know that you and I are amazing. Uh, (laughs) Follow us. No, I'm just kidding. Follow me. I hope you're following me if you're listening to my podcast. Anyways, um, but who else should who else is positively uh, shaping you know the future of our industry that you follow that we should all follow and that just inspires you? Oh my goodness, there's a lot, <laughs> but uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of incredible women who I have connected with in the in the industry over the past year and in that past year have already just in my opinion, made a lot of impact on me, but also the others around them. So the first one is Cheryl Hickerson. If you're familiar with her, she founded Females in Finance. She is such a ball of energy. It is amazing to be in her presence. And she is building quite an empire. And really what that's all about is just connecting females in financial services and fintech and insurance with each other and also with male allies too. So it's sort of like you, right? We don't want to shut out the males. We, we want to include them. We just want them to see a different side of the industry and of, you know, really power and change in the industry. So I love what she's building at Females in Finance. She is definitely someone who walks the walk on top of talking the talk. Number two is my bestest friend, Elena Krasnow, who you know very well because she's your bestie as well. (laughs) We have a shared best friend. We do. She's with Street Cred PR. She is on Twitter day and night, like promoting the heck out of some really amazing people in our industry. And when I think of like someone who shows up and really says what they feel or creates just this environment for women to thrive. I think about her. So yeah, yeah. those are two of my tops. I can keep going, but I just thought of <laughs> two tops and that's what I'm going to share. <laughs> that is, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Those are two powerhouses in the space. And yes, if you're listening and you don't already follow them, follow them. They, yeah. yes, just, just like in, Back to kind of the the idea of you know, having like people around you that make you feel super empowered, that make you feel like you have that sense of community, and that you don't have to operate in that silo, and you you can keep going. You know, definitely like Elena is a great example of of that of someone that just like is always constantly down to check in and and make sure that you're doing okay as a person, so that you can keep on thriving in yes. this crazy world that we're in. So. We love to see it. We love, we want more people in the world like that. All right. This has been such an amazing conversation. I feel like we hit on so many things. So excited for everyone to get to listen to all of this wisdom. 
My final question for you, Diana. Tell us what we can expect from you next. Oh my goodness. So there's a lot going on in my world at any given moment in time. Um, (laughs) So let me think about what's ahead. Literally in the next week, I'll be on a panel of judges for the Advisor Podcast Award. So that's, uh, it's our second annual podcast award ceremony hosted for financial advisors, um, put on by FICOM and Investment News, which I know you know very much about. And um, that's next week. So um, between today, or actually tomorrow and next week, I will be listening to tons of podcasts that advisors have submitted. So I'm really excited about that. Um, you will definitely see me more and more at conferences at the end of June. I'll be, uh, in Atlanta for financial advisor magazines, invest in women conference. So I am thrilled about being there because it's going to be just such a nice environment to connect with other women in the space, um, both older gen and next gen. And the piece about really trying to partner up with the ladies at choir and helping more people just ignite their confidence Um, I think something that I've um, really come to just learn about myself and discover, I'm on a constant path of discovery. So (laughs) evangelism, right? Like what is evangelism in the world of technology and financial services? What does that look like? How do you show up and help craft your story for your brand? And especially when you're doing something so different, which I firmly believe we are at Snappy Kraken, Mm. um, you know, how do you go out and connect with people and humans and humanize your brand voice Mm -hmm. and face and very, very personal. So you'll see more and more of that from me as well. But there's, there's always a lot going on, Nicole. So, and maybe future proof, maybe you and I will get to connect there. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for future proof. I love the conference. I'm, I'm so excited that they thought of me to be a part of it. Um, so yes, I know. Fingers crossed that I get to see you there in Huntington Beach. I yes. like I, I tweeted the other day. I'm already, and you know, Cat had Alice had to come make an appearance real quick. <laughs> she had to hey. say hi to you. Um, but yeah, I'm already I'm already grabbing my sunscreen and and ready to Yay. hit Huntington Beach in September. But yeah, Love so it. booked and busy. You are doing so much. Thank you so much for all of your great work. Thank you for being a leader in fintech and in the sales space and in marketing. If you think about it, because that's what Snappy Kraken does. Um, yes. I've always been a big fan of, of Snappy and the work that you guys do, especially when it comes to helping a very buttoned up financial services, uh, wealth management and financial advice industry become more human. That is super, super important. So if you haven't checked out Snappy Kraken yet, definitely do that and definitely check out Diana's work because she is just so wonderful. I'm so excited to keep seeing you on stages and keep seeing you on those speaker faculties. Let's just hit every single one together. Like I'm, I'm down. Let's just like get our cartoon faces on every, every speaker faculty uh, page that we can. And we'll just keep it. Yeah. Keep rocking. So thank you again, Diana. This is awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Everyone that tuned in. I hope that you, you know, really found this valuable or there was something that you got to glean that, ignited that aha moment or that inner fire within all of us so thank you nicole it's been wonderful thank you so much for listening to this episode to hear our next story from another diverse leader be sure to tune in next week and if you haven't already please subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too